Welcome to the Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jere, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Beat. My name is Dumi Jere, and I'm coming to you from uh, South Africa, and I'm in the driver's seat. Arnold Segawa will be back with us next week. Well, hopefully, we hope. I'm not alone as always. My co-host is with me, Maggie Mutesi, coming to us from Dakar in Senegal. How are you, Maggie? How are things? Uh, what's the overview in Senegal right now? What's happening? Please fill us in. Thank you very much, Dumi. Dakar is fine. Uh, I think things are getting back to normal. Recently, it was announced that you don't need a COVID test to come in as long as you're vaccinated. So I feel like oh. um, this in one or the other is going to push a lot of people to get vaccinated. And, and it's good to see countries opening up, um, yeah. especially to the vaccinated one. It's a motivation to other citizens to go out there and get their shot. Um, so it's pretty good to see things getting back to normal and numbers reducing in terms of the virus. Yeah, at least uh, sounds like there's some uh, sense of normalcy going back yeah. uh, in Senegal. Uh, mm. I think in South Africa, we are just glad that um, finally we are off the UK red list, which I think was very discriminatory anyway. But I think that's a podcast for another day. I think we don't need to celebrate that kind of racism. And I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I know. But I know. Uh, how do you put countries on a red list when uh, the situation was even worse in the UK than some of these countries? I think it's a vaccine appetite, like some people have called it. Yeah. And it's very racist towards yeah. Africa. Yeah, we need a whole podcast catered to vaccine apartheid. I agree. All right, but um, this week we are looking at uh, something that came out in the news. Now, a little bit of background. On January 6, in 2021, earlier on this year, there was an insurrection at the U.S. Capitol by a pro-Trump mob. And all these people, they were essentially putting the lives of lawmakers in Congress at risk. And in the aftermath of that, then-President Donald Trump was banned from Facebook, Twitter, and uh, YouTube. His accounts were flagged for multiple times for spreading false information about uh, voting fraud in the 2020 presidential election. Now, he has hit back. Following all this banishment from all these major social media platforms, he has announced plans to form a public company that will launch a long-anticipated social platform of his own. Why? Because he wants to create a space to stand up to the tyranny of uh, big tech. And so he has launched his own platform called Truth Social. And just like anything Trump, it's got a familiar Trumpian confidence. But, uh, well, the sustainability and all the other details of the venture are still unclear, and we're not sure whether it will succeed or not. And yeah, a lot is to be expected. Now, Maggie, you will agree with me that um, one of the legacies of uh, President Donald Trump was the heavy polarization of the world. He managed to divide the world uh, to such an extent that, yeah, uh, we had never experienced anything like that before. Now, he then comes up with a platform uh, called Truth Social because he's trying to fight Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, the ones that banned him. Uh, early on in the year. Where are we going? I mean, first of all, Trump himself, like you've mentioned, his uh, presidency can be described as one that was run on social media, do me. And even last time when Facebook went down, I think one of the things I said was uh, Trump had demonstrated that social media uh, was the 
fastest source of information or even churning out information during his presidency. Uh, before he even gave press releases, he would tweet and one tweet would create the news all over. Himself is a brand. Himself, he has uh, worked in uh, on reality TV shows. We know this. He has, uh, and and the, the interesting bit about Trump social is that it's not just a social media platform. Mm. It's Trump Media and Technology Group that is combining podcasts, you know, combining uh, broadcasts, and yeah. having social media companies. And and we've seen a lot of investors. I mean, running to the shares uh, mm. went up on the day that he announced. So I saw. <laughs> I know, which is quite interesting. I think where we're headed is um, an online world, yeah. which is the sad truth, Dumi. We depend on these platforms. We depend any type of information or anything depends uh, on social and all of this. But I think also this platform or, or entire uh, media house is also built around Trump. If if you took him out of the picture, I don't know mm. if it would be something the way you see Twitter, which has. And the question is, is he able to get the over 200 million users? For example, Twitter has over 200 million users. Is he able to get that amount of people on his platform truth. Unfortunately, Dumi, I think he's able to actually pull that through. So um, he says he's, he's fighting the tyranny of these platforms. But honestly, to some point, it, you know, it just feels like somebody has to take away that monotomy. And it's the same thing I said last time, that somebody has to break it. Because I think we depend so much on this and somebody, something has to really happen. Mm. Scary as it may sound, and I think you're actually very right that uh, he may actually reach those kind of users. Because even when we look at the um, the U.S. election, w- one thing that we need to keep in mind all the time is that over 70 million people voted for this guy. And that tells you he still commands a voice. He still has uh, a following. He still has people that believe in his ideologies. Uh, however twisted we may feel that they are, but there are people out there who actually believe in him as well as his ideologies. For me, I think the one thing that I found uh, funny or, well, ironic, but at the same time funny, is that I vividly remember uh, CNN, uh, the cable news network, they had, um, uh, or, or rather like a count, uh, whenever Trump stated a lie, they would uh, count that number. And the last time I was following, I think that number was in the 5,000s of the lies that he had told. And the same person then comes up with a social media platform called Truth. So, um, no, I'm like, he's uh, launching it close to, you know, he said he's coming back in 2024. So I think for me, it's funny because a lot of people kept on saying, no, this is Trump, this is Trump. But if you look at, of course, much as some of his businesses are now facing lawsuits and all of that, he's a business person. Besides him being a politician, he's, Mm -hmm. he's a, you know, added on building empires uh, across the world. I mean, it's Trump. He's not just a politician. He's coming up with a platform. But you know what do me though I would want us to talk about, honestly? Mm -hmm. It is uh, the idea that the Western world understands the role of uh, media, the role of these platforms in not just information, but they know this is where the power lies. Mm -hmm. And even when it comes to investments and business, which is why we're doing these podcasts like these, is, is that 
People consume information and every decision that they take on a daily basis is determined by the things they watch or they listen to. Mm. And the question is, and this is why I, I want you to, to just let me know what you're thinking. I just yeah. feel like this entire war all over, we have China coming up with the TikToks and of course, maybe they're taking their data and, and a lot of other things you'd think of. But I just feel like, where are we in Africa? I mean, it's not just Trump that we're re- looking at now. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it time we rethought in terms of investment and also looked into the media space or the digital space? And, and Dumi, you, you, you're into this space of investments. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Looking at Trump and looking at what's happening all over the world. Yeah. So, you know, for me, a couple of things arise. And the first one is that... Um, uh, as we discussed on one of the other uh, podcasts, there's an overdependence on uh, these um, platforms that uh, come from uh, US and America and all of that. Um, and for a good reason, some, I mean, many of the folk in Africa actually do business, for example, on Facebook and all of those things. Um, but however, we probably should have something of our own. I mean, we're always preaching this whole, African solutions to African problems. Um, Yeah. And yet we still continue to consume most of the products that are uh, given to us or chalked down upon our throats uh, from um, Americas and Europe and so forth, which is why, on the other hand, I'm actually excited about something that uh, MTN is trying to pioneer. Uh, They're trying to come up with their own, uh, call it WhatsApp, yeah, and being a technological giant that they are, um, I think it could be uh, it could be something worthwhile. And I suppose those are the things that we are continuously advocating for uh, around us coming up with our own solutions that we are able to control on our own and not uh, just constantly rely on all of these um, platforms created uh, by other people. Uh, in saying so, though. Um, we also need to be realistic and realize that those platforms like Facebooks and them, they are big and it's going to take quite a lot to challenge them. Hence, on the other podcast, we went, uh, I posited that I think Facebook is too huge and the, it, it sort of needs to be clipped. And when you really look at what uh, uh, Donald Trump is saying, he's pretty much saying the same thing, albeit he's saying it for the wrong reasons. He's saying it because he wants to push his, his uh, ugly agenda that, divi- I mean, that, that divides the whole world and all of that. Um, we are saying that for other different reasons to say, I think those platforms are too big and we should actually also do something about creating our own things. Uh, because no doubt about it, those platforms They've got massive influence. They've got massive reach. Um, And anyone trying to challenge them is up for a big challenge. Um, And obviously, anyone trying to challenge them again will uh, face some sort of uh, difficulty in terms of getting traction. I guess we Mm -hmm. we really need to explore deeper when it comes to financing and funding. And because look at it this way, even Twitter is coming to Africa setting up because of course, there's yeah. this big talk that, you know, the next big thing. But it can't be the next big thing when you're not creating and you're just consuming. You've got to create your own and consume your own. 
And mm-hmm. I'm glad that we are taking this conversation away from Trump himself and looking yeah. at the fact that he knows you have to create some bit of competition. You have to break that monotony. These platforms are so big. Look at what TikTok has done. Less than what? Five years? Since mm-hmm. It just came the other day and now boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that you're bringing the example of uh, TikTok because that's an example of uh, what can be achieved uh, regardless of um, where you are from. And I think that's one of the things that particularly the U.S. does not appreciate. The fact that TikTok is able to be as big as it is in the face of all of those things. And if we're just going to bring it uh, closely back to Trump, uh, I, I don't know where he's going to be. Uh, releasing this program from because um, if he has been banned from YouTube, then I doubt YouTube, well, the parent being Google, is going to allow that app to be on their platform. And you will recall that under his leadership, he's the one who banned Huawei from accessing some of these things. And Huawei had to come up with their own app store. So what are the chances that Huawei anyway is going to allow that app on their sites. So I don't think it's going to get that much traction uh, to begin with. So I actually like that angle. So I suppose in uh, possibly closing, what uh, are your thoughts and ideas around how uh, particularly the younger generation of uh, African uh, entrepreneurs or media technology entrepreneurs, how can they take advantage of some of these opportunities that are out there in the world? If Trump is able to put something like this, then what lessons can some of our media entrepreneurs uh, take from this? I think for me, Dumi, like I have already said, you take out a storyteller in a room, there is nothing. Mm-hmm. Storytelling mm-hmm. is the basis of everything, business, yeah. politics, everything, because it's information that you consume, you churn out. Yeah. If you, even if you launch the biggest dam all over the world, or biggest, I mean, media, storytelling, has the power mm-hmm. to change mm-hmm. everything. It has the power to crack down, to break, to build. And yeah. this is why we've seen yeah. big international media houses surviving for over hundreds of years yes. because yes. they know yes. this is how we shape our story. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a chance, not just in technology, but also to be strategically, um, uh, to, to be, you know, strategically a lot when we're investing. And I think we have such a big market. Mm-hmm. We have such brilliant minds. I mean, China knew TikTok would work for its people. Maybe there is one platform that will work for us. I don't think we need to go saying we need to create uh, the other, the next Facebook or the next Twitter. Yeah. I mean, it has to be yeah. something that works for the African people because we have to also put into context things like, uh, you know, internet penetration or mm-hmm. even uh, mm-hmm. electricity and power all over the world, rather yeah. all over the continent. So uh, these are things you also have to think of as, as you invest. Yeah. And for me, I think innovation should not, and innovation and entrepreneurship should not really be about coping and pasting, but it should be about creating solutions. And I think this is where the the the, the question is. And for me, Dumi, I'm going to leave the, this with you as you close. Do you think we are investing wisely? I guess let me not say we are not investing wisely, but at the same time, as a continent, we've got so many uh, well challenges that turn into. Um, that turn into opportunities in any case. So our attention is divided. Uh, If we're able to focus on um, one thing and invest in it fully, I'm sure we'll definitely thrive. 
But uh, with the way things are, I think we've got too many uh, issues on our hands. And that definitely sort of um, divides our attention. And it sees us putting some effort, but not enough effort in things. So that's my take on that. And I think uh, we're going to have to leave it on that. Thank you for listening, folks. Really, really, really appreciate. Special thank you to my co-host, Maggie, the team behind the scenes. And of course, to you, the loyal listeners. Please remember to visit our website, mansamedia.africa, for more news about the continent, as well as follow our social media pages, Mansa Media Africa on Facebook and Mansa underscore media on Twitter. I am Dumijere. Until the next time, here's to peace and profits. The Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts, Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jerry, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Mansa.